Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Bald Move Television Podcast, where we aim to give coverage to all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And we are doing, uh, we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, several special series of uh, American Gods Bald Move TV podcast, because we were huge fans of this show when it came out two years ago. Uh, we have just re- just this week rewatched the entirety of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two, after two years of tumultuous events, <laughs> has come out, and we have seen the first episode. And I think we pretty much are in agreement that we really liked it. Yeah. This was uh, it's kind of a little bit of a shock to me because, um, all right. Let's 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 before we get into this episode, uh, since this is our first kind of like start of our coverage of American Gods. I know we talked a little bit about it on Bald Mood TV like two years ago, but it was like in like a retrospective. Um, what's our pitch? Why? Why? This this is a, this this weird show about kind of sort of gods on the stars channel. Uh what what is the pitch? Why should people be watching this? What is what 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 type of person would be interested in this? What is the show about? What what what's our pitch for these people? Uh oh, I have to pitch it. Yeah. All right. Well, since I'm on the clock, I would have to say that if you're the kind of person that liked Banshee as much as we did, which well, that was on Cinemax, mm-hmm. but yeah, kind of like that where it just kind of it just gets ultra violent. But in a very in a very beautiful way, it's all overly saturated, and the dialogue is great when it wants to be. Mm-hmm. All of the cast is amazing, uh, with the exception of the male lead, who I'm <laughs> indifferent at best on. Uh, Shadow but this Moon. Is, but this Even is, his name is kind of controversial, right? All of the all of the new gods and the old and the actors that they cast to to embody these these spirits Mm -hmm. is uh they they all they're all bringing their air game their a game and i think it was really underrated season one yeah no i thought that but it's beautiful and everything's beautiful and everyone is beautiful there's nothing that looks quite like it on television and i actually likes a lot of the world building the idea that you've got these old gods um these old norse gods and mesopotamian gods and african gods and you know even jesus christ and all of his many incarnations uh, are all active and real gods and they wax and wane as people as as people believe in them or not believe in them and they're being squeezed out in america by the new gods of technology and information and Media. media um and these are all embodied by, you know, like like Crispin Glover plays a very creepy Mr. World, um, who's kind of like, I think, supposed to represent... Just the internet as a whole? Maybe like just information or the society or, or like a, a trust in some kind of secular framework, the, the, the bureaucracy, the man... Uh, the one world government, the Illuminati that people think is is controlling everything. Right, it's very broad, Mister World. But but, but, but and and like it, um, there's just so many great performances of these guys embodying these. They use this, all these weird kind of CGI tricks and stuff to give just little hints of you know who these he these guys are. And then when they finally kind of unleash their powers, it's always like you know a real signature moment in a series. Right, because to that point, they they also dress like 
you know, like anyone you would see on the street, like yeah. technology boy, you would pass him on the street and be like, well, that's he's a little a, out there, but you yeah. know, I don't think he's a God. Yeah. He's, but, he's like going to get highly upvoted in r slash streetwear. Right. But, uh, um, yeah. Did I just see that guy in glitch? No, no, yeah. there must be something wrong with me. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's just, it's just really cool. And it's got really good dialogue. And like you said, it's very violent. It's very sexy. Um, so that's the good news. Um, I mean, Ian McShane as Mr. Wednesday is is almost worth the price of admission. It's pitch perfect. Uh, Peter Stormare as uh, Chernobog, the like Czech Czech uh, god of darkness, mm-hmm. uh, which you might you, you might recognize from uh, Night on Bald Mountain uh, in mm-hmm. Disney classic Fantasia. He's really amazing. <laughs> right, that he was the guy on top of the mountain, the yeah. devil. Yes, 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 he was. Oh. He of his leathery bat wings. I believe Chernobog is a Norse god? No, it's Slavic, I guess. Mm, okay. Uh, I said Czech, or maybe it is Czech, because the, I, the I mean, Zoria I, I sisters are Slavic. I just, when I did, you try to do research on these on these mythologies, right. they, they change all over the yeah, place. Yeah, there's it's different like, spellings. Well, according to this and... person, according to that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... So it's like all mythologies, I choose to believe my favorite version. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so anyway, I it's just really interesting takes about like... And there's like this... The gods have this struggle for not only power, but like legitimacy, because the new gods are much more powerful than the old gods, but they're kind of like new... Like To me, it feels like a, a struggle between new money and old money. Like, yeah, the new gods have a lot of power, raw power, but the old gods are not really impressed. The new gods have influence. The old gods have power. Right. They have, like, you know, like they like worship and obedience and inspiration, not manipulation and influence and all that other stuff. So it's, it's a really kind of like uh, brute force versus guile and deception and uh i i just think it's really interesting um the bad news is like i said it's, it's taken two years for this show to make it back to the air uh this used to be ran by brian fuller of daredevil launch fame mm. and a lot of other stuff that you've heard of uh but there was creative differences uh, between the studio and himself and this thing went through like three different separate showrunners right. a couple of the actors like jillian and uh Gillian. Gillian Anderson and uh, Kristen Chenoweth Ch- Chernobog uh, <laughs> left the production, and that's too bad because they were two prominent gods. Yes, and they were. it seemed like the showrunners, for whatever, like it, because two prominent, strong female gods that yeah, you know, and I, I don't know why they couldn't just recast them because the nature of these gods is that they're somewhat malleable. I I guess I'm thinking that they didn't want to make the actor feel like they're scabs because these actors quit for like essentially ideological purposes. Like I'm showing support for Fuller. Right, maybe the show is showing support by not recasting them. And yeah, saying, we're like this leave is a cre- this is a create next- yeah this is a creative struggle, and maybe if we can get you back and I but uh, apparently there was reshoots, and at one point the actors were shooting and they were ad libbing their lines. Right, um, and, uh, and for that reason, Orlando Jones got a consulting producer credit in right. the show because it was this is all also he- during the like writer strike, right. so they needed an actor who was part of the writers guild to kind of get around the. It's, right. it's, it's just, there's a bunch of stories, and it's who knows what exactly to believe. Uh, bottom line is, a lot of critics who have seen three to four episodes are really panning this season. I don't know. Maybe they're because like, they also weren't very impressed with episode one. I thought episode one 
stands up amongst uh, anything from episode from season two season. I, yeah, episode one of season two stands up to anything that I saw in in season one. Right. Um. You know, I didn't. I think one of the things I heard that the creative differences were that they went away from the the visual style that they had in the first season. Right. And that was some, one of the things they were trying to fight to maintain. Right. And if that's what we got in this, yeah. then I'm not going to say worth it, but you know, I think it was Kinda the right choice. It. I mean, if you were Neil Gaiman who wrote the book, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'd be inclined to fight for my vision too. Well, here's, but, so here's what I heard. But I, I don't know the details. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah. we're just navel gazing. I, I heard that after they got rid of Fuller, that Neil Gaiman was really impressed by the next showrunner and how close he was kind of cleaving to, you know, more closely he was cleaving to the novel. Um, but then they got rid of that guy and did a whole bunch of reshoots. And so now it's like, is this closer to Neil's? Or is it is it clo- If it's closer to Neil's vision and also as glitzed up as season one, then that's a win-win. But I don't know. Maybe it really, maybe this is like the best foot forward and it really goes south in the next couple episodes. We'll right. find out. Because the other thing is, Cecily and I have a reputation of bald move <laughs> where we get super excited about a franchise. Uh-huh. And then we then kill it. We kill it. Banshee. We were really excited to cover it. What turned out to be its final season because it got canceled. Yeah, we take our hammer and we swing it right at its uh, head. Penny Dreadful. We were so excited to start covering that show, and Boom, then they killed dead. it in the middle of the season <laughs> and shit can. Like uh, the only thing we haven't been able to kill is American Horror Story, and it's our fault apparently that that's going to be on for fifteen seasons. We, I think that Ryan Murphy is a real life god walking. He cursed us. us with the Ryan Murphy curse. <laughs> right, he's no mortal. We cannot, <laughs> we cannot come up against him. Um. Okay, so do we want to continue to talk about broad generalities? Okay, just so you know, or? when when I call us the Undertakers, I imagine us like the Ice Climbers, the Nintendo yeah, guys, except, yeah. you know, we're like all in black and we've got a size. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. Um, what are we climbing, if not ice, though? Celebrity careers? Skulls. Should I just, skulls. Just like, skulls of showrunners like Shadow and that one line, scene. line execs and producers. And, oh, no, or just mountains of babies like nah. Jude Law. Ooh. And Young Pope. I didn't oh, make yeah, it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't no, make no, it no. up. I get it. I get this it. references and something that came out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Pope. Dead babies. It was that, that's, uh, that's, that's another wild one if you haven't seen it yet. Let me stop real quick at this point and do some housekeeping. Uh, in case you missed it, we released the wrap-up podcast for our second annual 24-hour movie marathon to benefit the National Alliance to End Homelessness. We did that uh, in uh, February, and we got the wrap-up podcast out. And in the end, we nearly raised $16,000 for the charity, got an attaboy from the legend Mark Hamill himself, and we interviewed Ben Knoll from the National Alliance to talk about ending homelessness how that's a mission they think is achievable and their plans and programs they're implementing nationwide to do just that. Uh, I'm just super proud of the Bald Move community. I'm really looking forward to doing this again next year. Give the pod a listen. It's fun. It'll make you feel good. And you'll learn something uh, new about an important issue facing us in the 21st century. On Bald Move Television, this week we discuss The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, the Netflix original film and director debut of one Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, who you might recognize from Doctor Strange or Twelve Years a Slave, also the Hulu and Thor, uh, the Hulu horror anthology series Into the Darkness Treehouse, as well as our thoughts on the new Michael Jackson commentary or documentary rather, Leaving Neverland. This Friday we'll also have a first look at the HBO 
a documentary, The Case Against Adnan Sayed, which, of course, the podcast serial made infamous. This week, we looked at Bald Movies um, on the Bald Movies feed at Captain Marvel. You can find the Bald Move TV and the Bald Movies feed by going to your favorite podcast app repository, just searching for Bald Move TV or Bald Movies, respectively. Uh, for you club members, season three of Quip is out, and it's episode two should be out the day that this podcast drops. We'll be taking, as we mentioned elsewhere in this uh, podcast, a week off before Game of Thrones uh, to kind of recharge your batteries. Jim's traveling to Italy to put his Italian lessons to good use, and I'm going to see my dad down in Florida. But when we get back, we'll be looking at Jordan Peele's new horror film, Us, as well as kicking off our coverage of the long-awaited final Game of Thrones season. That's right. It's been almost two years, but it's back. Uh, and we'll be ready for it. Uh, check that out on the Game of Thrones feed. Again, just search for Game of Thrones Bald Move in your favorite podcast app, and you'll find this. Okay, American Gods, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, so Neil Gaiman, speaking of him, co-wrote this episode along with the, inter- the interim showrunner. Uh, so I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh <laughs> So a lot of I want to deal with some of the kind of I guess bitching first. Let's like, pe- deal with it. People said that like okay, let's take our temperature. What do we think about how the Easter plot line was handled? How the plot line was handled before or to no 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 to, 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 in, this right, in this episode because what happened is Easter threw all our weight behind Wednesday last year. This year. She canceled all that because Wednesday ran over a couple bunny rabbits on her, his way to her compound. Right. I mean, yes, it's a flimsy excuse, but at least they actually addressed it. And short of recasting, that which might have been a politically dangerous thing for these guys to do, I, I, I don't know. Like, Dude, I don't think it's a fatal mistake. If she kills all the... F- flora in the area mm. hasn't she also effectively decimated the fauna population that well feed see, on that's it? the other thing is a lot of people said that they've dropped the plot about her cursing the land but i didn't know there was several news reports yeah. in the background talking about the drought that's right, hit right. The and it shows the and... map like closing into yeah. one small green space yeah 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 uh, the really cool animated map 3d or yeah. 3d animated map uh, yeah. graphic this time yeah yeah i love the way they do the the traveling yeah and and as far as media, I think that they're actually going to resolve that because, um, you know, Mr. World gives Technology Boy very stern orders to find media. So I don't know. Obviously, Jillian, Gillian, Jillian Jacobs and Gillian Anderson will be my, the death of me, along with a few dozen other uh, actors I get confused with. Um, anyway. Uh, I don't think she's coming back, but I do think that the character of media might because, you know, again, media was a chameleon all episode all, all last year. She was Marilyn Monroe. She was Lucy. Or he could be Lucy going Ball. off she on was... just like a, a wild goose chase for the entire season. David Bowie. She was a wild goose chase. For the... Yeah, she might. I don't know. Be a MacGuffin. I, I don't know that she can be a MacGuffin for That'd all season. That'd be hilarious but... if they just played reruns of her. I love Lucy. Bits. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's uh, media, so I that's that's the big I guess that's the big plot holes that people seem to be most upset about. Um, everything else, I pretty much uh, I wouldn't even call them plot holes either. They were just really great characters, but it yeah. seems like we can go on without them. I'm not sure what the plan had involved if East East Star had stayed, but uh-huh. uh, is what we got now. Uh, a big part of this episode was the, be ho- similar, at least. the house on the rock, 
is where this episode gets its title, yes. House on the Rock. Um, a real and, place in Wisconsin. Yeah, I thought this was just kind of some kind of mythology they're building. But no, this is actually a real place. And I guess this place shuts down for significant amounts of time in the winter. And they actually filmed on location. None of this stuff is sets. This is stuff that's actually in that house. Real shit. Which is amazing. Now, I don't know if it includes the carousel. It does. It do- Jesus Christ, really? It includes the carousel, yes. Oh, man. Apparently, this carousel has like 198, I don't know. I'm making up numbers. Well, t- uh, I thought I had it written down here, but it's gone. Doesn't have one, not one single animal on the carousel as a horse. Really? Yeah. And it's got like 200 chandeliers all around it. And it's got, I think, like, I want to say 80 to 90 animals wow. that you can ride on. And none of them are horses. None of them are horses. Wow. I said that you can ride on, but I mean, like, that are made to be seats. I don't know if it's an operating carousel, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was really cool. Like some some of the things I think were made up. Like the red tunnel to the carousel that can't be real, right? I mean, why would they, they don't build traffic it? tourists through like a boiler room to get? Well, that's the thing that bothered me about it. It looked like a set because it didn't seem like there was enough restraints. Like I feel like if you went to a place like that, there would be like red ropes everywhere and chrome bars and like keeping people from touching things and. It felt like you could just roam and explore and romp all that. Well, I mean, place. that's what they do to places when you let them film inside. You think they took? You think that's there? They just took it all down? I, yeah, I think they changed oh. all kinds of things. I think they gave them enough money to like. Well, these chrome bars, we're gonna repaint them black because they yeah. kind of blend in now. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna dust this sperm whale with shark teeth. Well. So the the gods are all here to have a meeting, which we'll get to later. We also got caught up with uh, the genie Bob and his boyfriend Salim, uh, who I I guess I thought that Salim had been made a genie last year. But what had I think what you're supposed to understand is Bob essentially got rid of all of his crushing debt and his shitty job and let him be a cab driver and he could do whatever he wanted. I don't know if there's some money involved with that. No, no, too. No, I don't what? think that's true because he said, he said to him, what are you doing here? I gave you everything. You can go anywhere you want to. Yeah. So, so I think that means he gave him genie powers. He's just in love with. So you think he's a genie? Cause no, but, but why would he go, you know, it won't work, but you, it won't work with me. I'm a gin and you're, oh, you're just immortal. Yeah. So like there's, there's some, I think there's something too that like the genie tried to grant some kind of wish. Like he was out of the obligation, the shitty job that he was under. And but he uh, left him with a taxi, didn't he? Yeah. But that's, that's, that's a, that's a living that you own. You know, you can make a good, you can make if an independently owned taxi cab driver. Uh, you're and, making a lot of assumptions here. I, I'm just trying, you're right. Because I don't know what the fuck is going on. So I'm trying to make inferences and, and figure things out. Um, this is what I figured out. Cecily is saying no sale. I'm just saying we'll that move on. I'm just saying that you know successful people who feel like they're at their freest. Taxi driver is not the first profession that comes to mind. So, That's granted, what I'm saying. Granted. So the genie was working security for the event. All these gods, like they're provided these coins where they can go and ride the um, carousel. And there's a couple of badass things, like the fact that like. I, I like figuring out what the relative power levels between these people are. Like, Mad Sweeney is crazy strong. Seems like he's at least as strong as Shadow. But um, Laura completely outclasses him. And it looks like 
Bob made Mad Sweeney back down just by taking his smoldering eyeglasses off and giving him, you know, the the megawatt peepers. He was specifically warned about him. Right. Which, by the way, real life Bob, as an actual genie, what percentage of the population can he seduce? Um, No less than 75%. I mean, they've done research on this, Uh and uh, I think 87 to 93% of the population say he can get it. Yeah. With those flame and 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 a good fifteen percent are lying and in denial about it. Absolutely. Holy fuck, this no, guy. Those are just the people who didn't turn up to vote. What I don't get is about Salim is they seem like they've retconned him or they've got this backstory where he is now going to be the sad puppy falling around the gin, and it's kind of like some almost creepy nice guy stalker shit because the Bob's saying, "Look, I don't want you here. I just want to do my job," and he's like, "I don't grant wishes." Well, that wasn't a wish. That was a that was a clearly stated request, right? And I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you can you you can play a creepy stalker guy. Do you think that they're actually going for that, or am I just uh, a little too reactive? I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Am I jealous? Am I too jealous? Let me ask you a sincere question. Yes. Which one of these characters are you rooting for? Bob. I mean, of any of the characters oh, on the show. None. Neither of these guys. Any of the characters on the show. Uh, Wednesday. I'm rooting, You're rooting for, for him. Yeah. All right. I think he's probably. This is a bad idea, and he's clearly evil and up to no good. But he's so cool. Right. So, yeah, like he says, everyone's a hater because he's got what everyone else wants. <laughs> right. A good time wherever he goes. <laughs> I mean, look at I this just, man. So my point, my point is that I just don't think that any of these characters are perfect, and a lot of them we actively dislike because of their. Bad choices. Okay, that's true. But there's, I guess, yeah, there's likable... But Salim is one of those likable people who's yeah. making bad choices, but You're you right. still want to like him for it. Yeah. It's sort of, sort of the reverse of that, you know? Yeah, you, you get the for... idea that maybe he hasn't had a lot of relationships, too, so he might be a little emotionally immature and, you know, not, you know, a little bit of a, t- a teenager on the inside. Oh, Aaron, you and that. your inferences. <laughs> You're still a 15-year-old in here, aren't you? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> So Bilquis crashes the party. Uh, she says, I'm older than any of you farts, and I will be heard. And uh, and, and Mr. Wednesday is like, okay, sure, um, like you do. And they all take turns getting um, this prophecy from this machine, which I guess is a, as, as a Norse custom. He said we have to observe the, the Nords. Norns. Norns. We have to observe Norns. the custom of the Norns and get our prophecy from them. Uh, yes. Female beings that rule the destiny of gods and men, um, which I guess are like, like the fates, like a Norse version of the fates. Yeah. All right. Or like, you know, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian McShane plays the hell out of this, like how tickled he is to get this oh, fortune. Which no one's ever going to know what that card says. I know. Well, I was about to ask you because like Bill Quist like plays it super cool. Most of these people play super cool. Dumbass uh, Shadow just blurts his out even after uh, Wednesday said, yeah, no one actually does that here. Okay, so here's a good time for me to ask you this question. It's like saying, hey, we don't belch. This is a nice restaurant. We don't want you to belch at the table. And then as a joke, he belches like, okay real original you were saying um i i want to ask you should i know this or do you have any ideas why is shadow so special why does shadow have the godliness to make it into the room and witness that 
meeting, but nobody else can. I don't know why he's important. I, I don't There's, know whether because I, I had a couple theories last year and, you know, I watched it more as just a casual civilian fan than as a podcaster. Um, I did recently rewatch it. But like I felt like he had a maybe a deep connection to whatever the buffalo god that was maybe the original American god. Isn't that the Jinn? No, I don't think so because Jinn's a middle. There, I mean that's a, that's a the, Middle Eastern Islamic spirit. But they, they both have the this eyes buffalo, on fire. This yeah, but but here's the a lot of the gods had their eyes on fire this episode. I don't know if you noticed that. I think that's just the divine within them. I'm saying that buffalo guy was there. Like fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand years ago, whenever the land bridge between you know Asia and America, like that, that God was already there. So I think he's got some connection to that. Or I had another theory that he was like possibly Odin's son, like yeah. he's actually going to be Thor, um, right? Because he gets the card that says like father, like son. Um, right. Anansi at one point says, "You remind me of my son." Yeah. Um, who bought stupid two for one at the stupid sale. <laughs> right. So the, there's, it seems, and yeah, just the fact that he can ride the carousel and like mm-hmm. his third eye open, but we yeah, see, yeah, yeah. He, he still doesn't understand. And why, yeah, I, I really hope there's an answer to why you would keep it a secret right. to a grown ass man that he's a god or wait to unlock his god powers just because you like playing god trickster games. Actually, that makes perfect sense now that I say right. it out loud. Uh, the one of the recurring, <laughs> I'm glad we worked it th- through for everybody. And, uh, there's, there's also a lot of, um, there's this undercurrent of, um, Wednesday being disappointed at the lack of support from the gods. Like, you know, Nancy apparently is supposed to bring John Henry and whiskey Jack, which is a kind of corrupted form of the native American trickster God. Well, who's John Henry? Wissack Jack. Um, John Henry is a a folk hero, like a African American folk hero, um, and his like claim to fame is he beat a steam powered machine and drilling holes for the railroad ties. Okay, but he like died in the effort. I'm not sure why that's heroic. I remember that. I, I remember learning about this in like social studies or literature or something, but I don't remember why it was a big deal to beat a machine only for your heart to explode. Well, go ahead and tell me what you remember. That's it. Like so, John, <laughs> yeah. John Henry is a badass. He could he could with a with a hammer drill holes for these explosives as fast as a steam powered hole driller could. Well, that and, seems like a valuable skill. Yeah, but like it it inspired. I guess it was Until like you uh, work a man to death. I is think that the problem, and may or maybe it was like something like against big business. Like you know they wanted to put the man the working man out of business with the machines, and John Henry's like fuck you, flesh and blood can do it better. He was like the first american who to protest automation of his job so um and you know everybody i've most kids in north america learn about him in school so he's probably got a little bit of that uh that god shine okay could have been a bad valuable ally yeah i was just looking for like a brief summary but that works too <laughs> <laughs> that, how brief right, tell us about whiskey jack you it looks like you got no, he's something. just an africa he's just a not african-american he's a native Oof. american a trickster god like a, a very much like an anzi or mr nancy Mm. um so that was one of the themes um there's also this thing it's me a scene where uh, wednesday met with laura and he says hey you know i died once to gain knowledge and i learned something about not having to be roadkill and we can make an arrangement if you want to undo that and she says fuck you and your glass eye um yeah so and then, you know, Ian McShane plays this, like, with a lot of, like, deft amusement, and he doesn't really care. But, like, what – it feels like he's not playing his hand as best as he could because he's got to know that she knows that he had her killed. 
For sure he does. For well, sure she does. What is she going to do about it? I, that's the thing. Like, it this, I don't know what deal he wants to grant her. Do you and... think she's stronger than him? No. What? No. I, I'm not sure if she's stronger than the, than Bob though. <laughs> I'd like to see. I'd like to see those guys. Those those people well, tussle. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's stronger than a bullet. It turns out. Well, so that... she's not stronger than a car crash or getting her arm knocked off with a mm-hmm. lead pipe. Mm-hmm. Seems like it'd be pretty easy to just whip that coin back out mm-hmm. of her, and she's done. I guess she's already got like a she's already pre-sliced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like white bread. I don't know. This magic stuff like is moldy tough. Moldy white bread. Because like, was it okay? We'll, we'll talk about that bullet here in a minute. Um, but there's also another theme is like uh, I feel like the gods are kind of making fun of Shadow because he keeps on doing this like. Anytime he gets a god alone, he's like, oh, man, prophecies, prophecies. Can you believe this? This is a mental trip. And, like, Mr. Nancy's like, you dumb. Like, you're so stupid. And then in the diner when he's like, oh, you guys are all gods. That's the thing, right? And they're all laughing. Like, no, nah, we're a bunch of idiots. Like, I think the joke is, look, son, if you've seen all that you've seen and you're still having questions about this basic stuff, then, like, there's obviously nothing we can do to help you. Yeah, like, I'm done talking about it's, it. They're not trying to, like, suggest that there might be some kind of, like, trickery altered state on. trickery. Like, Odin called down lightning and killed people last season, and Easter blighted the land. I think that this... And Shadow is himself made two... And, and Shadow has seen all this, so what the declaration fuck? speeches of how much he believes. Right. Right. So, do you or not? So, before we move on this just from the scene, fully already and unlock your powers and let's just get over it. Get over it. Are we ever going to find out the fortunes of the other gods? No. Uh, what do you think about the? I mean, we won't be able to read that card. I think we will find out their fortunes eventually. What do you think? Uh, the gist of um, a shadow's fortune: every ending is a new beginning. Your lucky number is none. Your lucky color is dead. Your motto: like father, like son. I liked. I liked Wednesday's serious take on it's like like all prophecies it's opaque on arrival inevitable in retrospect and then Nancy just completely dismisses it. Uh, what do you think it means? Didn't Zoria at some point the while he was at their house when they first met Chernabog? Didn't they read his tea leaves and just saw like darkness and made like horrified voice or faces at him? Yeah, and they didn't they seem like and hung up on a tree or something? The woman on the roof. Yeah. Uh no, that that was that was something that actually happened. Okay. They didn't see there they didn't say what they saw in the tea oh, leaves. Oh, right, right, right. And then there was a woman on the roof looking through the telescope uh-huh. who also saw his fortune and she said, "Nah, not yeah, great." The, the the midnight star, yeah. So now this is like the third confirmation. Do you think that means death or do you think that means darkness? And I destruction? I don't know because like the other thing is like this Chernobog is who's a god of to darkness. Is unlock his power and then devour him? I don't know. It could be the simplest explanation is they can't see past his most likely fate, which is Chernobog smashing his brains in. He's the god of darkness. It can't be that simple. No, I'm just it could be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not buying any of what I'm selling tonight. I gotta have a fire sale. I mean, are you buying what you you're selling? You don't want to buy stupid two that's for one. Satisfi- it's two for one. That's a three satis- for one. That's a satisfying conclusion. For I'll you? give you three stupid for the price of one just now. Can we, Still right. not buying. Um, but that would be a satisfying conclusion for you. No. <laughs> so why are you selling it to me? Okay. Well, because it's stupid. Hi, I caught you I got, in a I got, lie. I got, I got Reporting a lot of, this to the BBB. Look, I got a lot of stupid here, and I'm trying. I'm trying. I got to move it. It's it's killing me. The inventory. Mm-hmm. It's tax time. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Laura talks her way past Bob to get a fortune, and her fortune's blank. Now, I feel like the episode explained it because she's dead. Do you think that's the explanation, or is there something bigger going on? Is her fortune, is she the only one of these characters that doesn't have a fate that's like the wild card? I believe it's because she's dead, like Bob said. <laughs> I would think it'd be interesting. What, what I would love to know is after Chernobog, after Chernobog gives the Chernobog curse, does her fortune change? Because it seems like he is destining her to kill Mr. World. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, okay, I want to talk about that, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, the the gods then go to the carousel. All the approved gods go to the carousel. Um, at first, Shadow hangs back. There's a sign that says you can't ride. But then they cajole him to get on. He picks out an eagle as his mount, which mm-hmm. everyone kind of went like, oh. But I don't know if that's the gods kind of being... Have you noticed that like, gods kind of are like really patronizing him in general so i don't know if that meant something him selecting the eagle as a clue to his identity or it's just them being annoying asshole snarky gods right it's the obnoxious nature of the gods right every single thing everything's a a riddle it has portent or yeah right um but once they get on there so this that they explain this is like that this the reason this crazy guy built this thing is because this lays on some kind of ley line of power uh, of, of some spiritual um, energy that sits on here, and that's where people, you know, build uh, cathedrals and places of worship and Stonehenge and all this other stuff. And this is where this guy's built this uh, house on the rock, and this carousel is at the center of it. It's like they explain it that this was like a like a uh, a prayer reel. It's 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 covered with like these angelic figures and these people. You know, he had this really odd thing where he says the roadside attractions are like a church. And this, the, the satisfaction, disappointment that people feel after going to them is kind of like a religious experience. And this is a giant battery that soaked up a bunch of spiritual juice. And they use that to go Interesting. backstage. Interesting. Uh, backstage is essentially our world, but it's like through the spiritual plane. It's like looking through your third eye. And and it yeah like uh, it shows like uh, you know uh, shadows third eye opening and then we're treated to this like cosmic scene where Ian McShane is charging towards us on that black wolf carousel beast yes winged with a battle cry and we zoom into his eyeball and then they get sucked into Valhalla and apparently. then we're all tripping balls yeah it was incredible it's very cool like i we watched that like 10 different uh, times to try to get all like okay what's this god riding what's that guy riding what? yeah so I, I thought that was a really cool and then when we actually got into odin's hall and all the gods were there in their full glory right, oh when they stepped god. through that veil so amazing cool. so yeah. bilquist was so fucking badass you can see sexy. all three of zoya's heads oh yes all three of the sisters in one which mm-hmm. i guess means they're all dead then probably Yes. Okay. Chernabog is all black smoke and red eyes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Odin looked very Odin-y with the one eye and uh, the lightning kind of pouring out of the one eye sock. And he's got his spear. spear. And then um, Mama G is Mama there. Mama G, or? who's the, the, go- the Hindu goddess of death, Kali, um, death and destruction and war. Um, I thought this was just all really cool. And the like, you know. Um, Mr. Wednesday has his boosters there, like Mr. Nancy, um, and the others are trying, he's trying to convince, and Bilquis gets up and says, hey, the new gods helped me, and I'm powerful and I'm better than ever, and, uh, Wednesday starts to lose the crowd, and then Shadow just gets up and says a whole bunch of nonsense. 
Yeah, and Shadow is there for some reason, and he's yeah. allowed to speak more than anyone. Yeah. And he's, I feel like he's giving the Anna Ferris speech from Smiley Face. Yes, exactly. Like, he thinks he's making sense, but then it cuts to the guys is kind of looking at him, and he's, like, just ranting and raving. He's right? Incredible. I mean, like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. like, come on. Don't you want to, don't you want to, like... Be worshipped, man. Well, like you gods like, and stuff, right? Yeah, like television. Really, television is gonna no. Like I like I wish that Kylie had been like, son, shut the <laughs> fuck up and sit the fuck down. When when the gods are talking, the guy, the dude, needs to shut up and pay and and, and listen. The mortal lurk more mortal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, he's probably some big cosmic deity swinging dick. Um, but still, mm. uh, I wish I wish somebody because everyone treated it like as this is like semi heroic and, and it does seem like the Odin's getting some kind of charge by having him believe in him more and more. But damn. Uh, but why him? Also, that's that that, that leads to my theory of um, him absorbing shadow. Well, here's the thing. Oh wow, yeah, and his name is literally Shadow. That's that that's got mm. some credence to it. That's building in my mind. Ian McShane can improvise dialogue. Uh, Orlando Jones improvise yes. dialogue. Shadow, Pablo Schreiber, he can improvise. This dialogue. guy, don't let him improvise. I feel like they just let no. him like get like improvise this speech, and it's, ugh, it's move past the speech. Yeah, move past the speech. Okay, that's it. Then they wake up in the real world, and Odin seems to be really happy about the way things have gone. Uh, they're all in this like 50s style diner chilling out and a B plot that's been going on throughout this whole episode Whoa, B plot. is Mr. World getting his hands on this uh, Argus system. The it's eyes this, of Argus. The eyes of Argus. It's at this briar, uh, briar patch, briar, briar thorn, briar, what is briar? Briar, Black Briar. Secret, secret organization run by none other than one. Microsoft Office Assistant, <laughs> the paperclip. Is that what it is? Is that what it's supposed to, really supposed to be? No, the paperclip is the symbol. He uh, said he asked him for a confirmation, and he just says, "It just says paperclip in German back to him." Oh, uh, uh, Interesting. Um, but the eyes of Ar- well, the eyes of Argus is their mach- is like a. I don't really know what the weapon it looks like is a, it because looks like they a spy activated satellite. it at the same time that a real life sniper is out there shooting. Yeah, so they're I, the show but, is, um, I, is Argus he, yeah. is the Greek god who was a or he wasn't a god he was just a one hundred eyed giant. Hmm. So basically, it just means it's access to see everything. Okay. I assume some sort of surveillance. It looks technology. like a spy. It looked like a spy satellite. It's the NSA essentially. Yeah. So um, I think now the show engages in some trickery because we see from the perspective of Mister World that he is homing in on where these gods are. He's monologuing about. Um, how these guys could have killed him and he wants to put the fear of of himself into these old gods and he pushes a button that says order a strike package and then the gods get attacked by a sniper using a high-powered rifle that has bullets that say in Latin, God is dead. Yes. It it seems like it it hit a bunch of just essentially... I I don't think everyone in this cafe is a god. Maybe they are. I think they are. Really? I think they are because... Because some plain old dude got his face blown off, and it was wild. I'm pretty sure they're all gods, but I don't... It could be wrong, but yeah, it's going to need a lot more than a glass eye to replace that. Right. Uh, But only the the evening star is the one that gets killed that's notable, that we know, and that seems to throw... um, 
Wednesday into a spiral, and it inspires Chernobog to give the Chernobog curse, which Woo. he channels Kendrick Lamar's spirit as slash kill Shadow is running out to chase down and attack the sniper, the kung fu the sniper guy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's and then okay, just to finish that thought, then an alien ship comes and abducts him essentially. And Laura comes flying out, and she sees his, like, sunshine heart spirit go into the atmosphere. Right. Give us Chernobog's curse. Give us your best delivery. Uh, I, cur- I, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, you didn't write it down? No. Oh, uh, no, I did. He's like, yeah, I cursed you. I cursed you with the Chernobog curse. Oh, that's, Fuck. that's pathetic. Chernobog would think that was weak. He would. He would curse me for it. That's why I, did, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um but uh fuck you fuck your mother fuck the horse you rode in on the important part of this curse is that he says no living man will kill you you will not even die in battle no warrior will taste your blood no one alive will take your life she will find you and you will die with a sweet kiss on your lips and eternal darkness in your soul and then he hawks the world's biggest loogie on the window to to punctuate the points put an exclamation point juicy with curses i mean this seems like you're supposed to understand that this is going to be laura somehow i don't think so and that's why so i thought tell me how you got there because no one alive will take your life she's the only character in the show right now that's dead she will find you and you will die with a sweet kiss on your lips we i and bill quist kissed uh, Laura, this episode, which I think is kind of foreshadowing for all this. That's what the Why pieces Why would that I'm be foreshadowing together. for the sniper, the people who killed? Why would Bill Quist's kiss have anything to do with Laura killing someone It's just foreshadowing. It's like the only other... When there's no other dead... There's quite... no other dead female that got kissed this episode, which I ties all this curse is together. is really very loosey-goosey in this show. Odin said in this episode that he's died before as well. Mm-hmm. Um... But he's not currently dead. I, I, he might be speaking to... I, I I feel like he's honestly personifying death as a woman. Well, apparently there is a uh, Hungarian death goddess, so that's entirely possible. Do you think she, Laura is a Hungarian death goddess? No. Why would he? Why would Chernobog ask for Laura to kill this person? I don't who know. Killed his sister. I'm just saying that's what. The, why wouldn't he do it himself? That's the best. That's the best theory I've got right now. Even know she Let me ask you this. I want to see what you think about this. Who do you think the target of this curse is? I guess I think it's Mr. World, but more likely is aliens. I think they're trying to trick space. us here. I think that. Mr. Wednesday ordered the hit on Laura to manipulate Shadow. I think he actually is the one that ordered the hit on the old woman. And coincidentally, Mr. World is ordering Shadow to be extracted by the alien device, whatever this Eye of Argus is. It doesn't make sense that he's got this sophisticated satellite system that he's going to then send the guy just to shoot a couple bullets. So I think there's just a confluence of things that they're using to kind of confuse us, that... Wednesday hired the false flag operation on the old lady to push the old because he I also thought there's a little bit of crocodile tears when he gets up and says is this what it's going to take you know he's a little bit overplaying his hand there but I think that you're going to find out that yeah he's it's conspiracy he killed the old lady and Mr. World has abducted uh puppy shadow moon (laughs) puppy don't don't start with that uh we're not using pet names here okay do you do you think that Mr. World knows Shadow's importance? 
Or do you think that he just knows that he's important to Mr. Wednesday, so he's taking him for that reason? Yeah, I don't... It seems like that a lot of people are putting a lot of importance on the fact that, you know, Wednesday has this familiar, and, like, Mr. World has those weird faceless nose goons or whatever the hell they are. Like, I do think they're... That he understands that... I don't think he understands his importance, but I think he knows that he's important to Mr. Wednesday's plan... And, you know, that he's a little bit of a spiritual battery for him of of like a direct actual worshiper and believer. And he's wanting to take him off the the board that way. But it's it's a weird retail way to get revenge. Like, why is abducting Shadow Moon going to put all the gods into panic and disarray? Like if he came and picked up Mad Sweeney's uh ass none of the gods would panic or if he picked up the djinn i don't think none of the gods would panic so why would picking up shadow moon i don't know are they panicking because of that i'm just saying that's what mr world said he wanted to cause he wanted to cause them to have fear and dread i think stealing shadow no i think that murder of zoria of a a god is what sells you on panic and dread no is that a bullet that says god is dead can kill a god then yeah now suddenly because that's the other thing is like, fears. is she dead for good? Because no, I felt like I feel like that gods only die like if the way that Odin kills a god, where you kill their main, main source of power and then you curse it and you like like Mister uh, World. This episode says he's going to target Odin and scrub him off every church, every inscription, every novel every movie like he's going to cancel the thor series and marvel comics he's going to like really go after odin and that's the only way you can really kill a god so i don't know maybe she's weak enough since these are old gods and they're kind of borderline forgotten but i feel like that she's got a chance that that's i just i just feel like odin is fucking with this no i think she's dead really i think she's for real dead i think odin did it that's my that's 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 the theory that i like the most you killed her killed her yeah he hired an assassin to kill her to manipulate the gods into going along with this war with the new gods. So, all right. Well, I believe it. Anyway, I believe uh, in you. That's that. Your theories. Pretty much the episode. Lots of stuff happened. Yes. We have a feedback line, TV at baldmove.com. If you have some thoughts on the episode, you can also follow. There's a, there'll be a weekly show thread on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. If you'd like to discuss the episode with your fellow fans, really excited about covering this week. Unfortunately, next week, um, we are going to be on vacation. So we're going to not be doing any bald move TV next week, but we'll probably, we'll have a, a supersized, both episode a kind of breakdown and discussion over the next two episodes the week we return. Do you think next week's episode is going to be a special all Mad Sweeney episode? Since it is St. Patrick's Day. That would be that would be very nice timing. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. But until we know for sure and are back to talk to everyone about it, be safe out mm-hmm. there. Uh, Don't drink and drive. Should uh, uh, Yeah, you should stay at home and drink green beer just in case. Go out and drink. Just call someone who's not drinking to give you rides. Lyft, you know who's, you know who's Uber, super powerful right now? Uber. The god of the, the god of Uber yes. and Lyft. Not Uber. <laughs> That'd be the technology boy. god of Uber boy. is not That's true. Right now. Lyft, 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 is, Lyft is slaying for, for technology boy right Make now. Make friends with pregnant people now. <laughs> All right. We will be back uh, in two weeks to talk about the next two episodes of American Gods. Uh, really glad it's back. Really hoping that uh, the bumpy off season is is going to maintain this level of quality. Because if they do, 
I'm like if there's only like one or two plot holes or rough point patches per episode, I'm fine with that. Because, I won't be here. Um, and either way, yeah, we'll be the Undertaker if it all turns to shit. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Cecily. Good night.